And in one sense, the battle has been fought and it's been won through Jesus Christ. The work of redemption is accomplished through faith in Jesus Christ. But we have to come to faith in Jesus Christ to find the freedom. And although the freedom has been won through Jesus Christ, we discover also that the battle rages on. And I believe today we're seeing that battle being fought out in our country today and throughout the world. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Let's go ahead and get into our message today. I titled this Free Indeed. I took the title from John 8, 36. If you go back one year ago, On July 5th, you'll find that I had a very similar title and I took a passage from the very same verse of free indeed. I did not copy that message. I just look back and it's like, oh man, I taught on this last year. And so what I did was I took the verse from John 8.36 where it says, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Our memory verse for this month. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And I countered it with 1 Thessalonians 5.23, that there in that verse we learn about the whole body, soul, and spirit. And so we're going to look at the freedom that the Lord Jesus Christ gives to us as followers of Jesus Christ, but it's a complete freedom of body, soul, and spirit. The order is spirit, soul, and body. And we're going to look at that in a moment. Now there's been... Just coming through the month of June and Pride Month has been difficult for Christians to kind of stomach. In uh, Canada, the Prime Minister there in Canada had announced to his country that we're not going to just have Pride Month, we're going to have Pride Season. So we're going to take it all the way through September. No doubt there'll be a bit of that in our country And maybe next year it won't be Pride Month, it'll be Pride Season. And I mention this because I'm going to give you a movie and just a TV ad here to kind of open this up. A couple of different contrasts that we've had in the market. And the movie that I'm going to quote from comes from 1942, before this guy ever existed. But the TV ad was just a screenshot. And what I I did a few weeks ago, I wanted to watch, I watch old movies. 
I don't think there's a lot of new movies that are worth watching. I watch old movies. I like westerns. Lily doesn't, so I usually watch these by myself. But it was on an internet streaming channel. I believe it was Tubi. But as it went over to the western, it had its commercial that I had to watch in the beginning of it, and it was all about Pride Month, and they had all these different shots, silhouettes, saying stuff, and they had this shot of this trans young man with the words, Pride is Freedom. And so just let that stick in your head. We're going to come back to this at the end of the message, but that shot, pride is freedom. Personally, I believe that's a lie being told to our youth today. And we'll come back to that at the end of the message. A couple of Fridays ago, I was watching an old movie, 1942, with Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. The name of the movie, Keeper of the Flame. And about 24 minutes into the movie, Lily at this time, she's in the kitchen, she's cooking, and she heard what was taking place, and, and she really couldn't believe her ears, and this is what she was hearing. Now, the movie itself, it's journalist Steve O'Malley, that's Spencer Tracy's role. He wants to write a biography of a national hero who's just died. His car ran off a bridge, and this sets up the whole movie. This Steve O'Malley was a journalist who was embedded with the troops over in World War II. He hears of this death of a national hero. He flies back to the United States, and he wants to write a story about this guy's life. He wants to write a book, not just an article. And it sets up the movie. Now, there's a young boy that's connected with this national hero. The national hero's name was Foster, I believe it is. It's not right here in my notes. I'll find it for you. And the boy is just broken up. He knew about the bridge that was damaged, and if he could have got word to his friend, he could have prevented his death. So the boy is just in tears, probably around 11 or 12 years old. And this journalist, for a second time, walks up to him, sees him crying, and he begins to talk with him. And at one point, O'Malley says to the young boy, and I'm going to read the script to you now, and this is what caught Lily's attention and mine as well. He said, we don't want to be slaves, do we? And the boy, slaves? O'Malley, that's what we're fighting for. Boy, oh, that was the Civil War. There aren't any slaves now. O'Malley, not here maybe, but Europe is full of them. And it might be our turn next. The boy, how? O'Malley, well, there are so many ways. It would take me the rest of the day to try to explain it to you, but the general idea is that they will try to get us all confused and scared and sore at each other. And then, before you know it, clamp the handcuffs on us. The boy, hmm, would they really put chains on me? O'Malley, not on your hands. They wouldn't because they have to have them for work. They need your hands for work. The chains would be on your mind and on your tongue. Well, what are we going to do about it? He asked the boy. And the boy, we're not going to let them kick us around, are we? O'Malley, you and I are free men today because centuries ago, some guy got the idea in his head. He was just as good as the fellow who had bossing him. And 
What a fight that started. The boy who won. O'Malley, it's not over yet. We lost a great fighter when Mr. Forrest died, but he's still watching us, and he's still yelling at us to carry on. Now, there's nearly 80 years between the commercial spot, Pride is Freedom, and this movie, The Keeper of the Flame, and we see that there's a huge difference today in our country. They are, in a sense, at this point, trying to get us confused, trying to get us scared, trying to get us sore at one another. And we're going to see, again, I'm going to come back to the end of the movie. If you thought this was like really time-telling, wait until you see what Catherine Hepburn had to say at the end of the movie. And it will blow us away because it seems like it was a script written for the condition of the world that we see ourselves in right now. And so just keep those things in the back of your mind. We're going to look at what Jesus said about true freedom. Here in this movie, we find that there are, as was alluded to in this script, various forms of slavery, chains of different kinds. And I believe that our different media sources, from television to movies to the printed to uh, social media, they're helping to bring these chains of a different kind. And those who cry for freedom are often putting, actually putting chains on the minds of the tongues of those they claim to be setting free. The question, is pride truly freedom? According to the Bible in Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. And today I want us to look at three different types of bondage that we can have According to the word of God, there is the bondage of the spirit, the bondage of the soul, and the bondage of the flesh or the body. So spiritual, soul, and physical. And in one sense, the battle has been fought and it's been won through Jesus Christ. The work of redemption is accomplished through faith in Jesus Christ. But we have to come to faith in Jesus Christ to find the freedom and although the freedom has been won through Jesus Christ, we discover also that the battle rages on. And I believe today we're seeing that battle being fought out in our country today and throughout the world. So today we're going to look at a message. I've already introduced this to you, but free indeed from John 8.36. And we're going to see the image of God, our first point. The second point, the freedom of our spirits. The third point, the freedom of our souls. Fourth point, the freedom of our bodies. As we have memorized already, I know you guys got it down. John 8, 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Let's go ahead and ask God to bless the teaching of his word and bless our service as we're together here. And so, Father, we ask that you would bless the teaching of your word. What a contrast, Lord, we see in our own country from 1942 to today. And we discover, Lord, that even in 1942, Lord, there were those who were attempting to put chains on the hearts and minds of people. And those chains, Lord, are even more evident today. And in actuality, Lord, they are being placed on the hearts and minds of the people. We know, Lord, one of the forces fighting against these chains is the church itself. But Lord, we've come through a year where the church, for many, have 
went silent and they are no longer for others and the church, Lord, no longer teaching the truth of the gospel. Lord Jesus, we want to be a church that continues to declare your truth that people might be set free. So help us to hear you, Lord, your voice through your spirit to our spirits this day. In the name of Jesus, amen. So I want to set this up in this first point, the image of God, to understand that Jesus died that we might be set free, both spirit, soul, and body. So a trichotomy of our being. We are a creature that's been created by God, human, but in a trifold nature of spirit, soul, and body. In Genesis 1.27, we read in the Word of God, it tells us, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we have to ask the question, what does it mean that God created man in his own image? Well, the answer could be twofold. One, and some believe that God here was talking to the angels. Because God is in Genesis chapter 1. He says, let us make man. So the let us, who is he talking to? The two options. One, he's either talking to the angels or he's talking to his son and God the Holy Spirit. I believe that he is talking to the son and God the Holy Spirit. The triunity of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God said, let us create man in our own image in a lesser triunity of spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. That brings us to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, where there Paul declares the salvation of our whole spirit, soul, and body. So he sets up the remaining points of our message where we will talk about the freedom that comes through the salvation of Jesus Christ, the freedom of our spirit, the freedom of our soul, and the freedom of our body. That we have been created in a, a lesser triunity of the Godhead. When Adam and Eve were first created, their spirits were uppermost. They had fellowship with God, the Holy Spirit. But when they sinned, when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when they ate of that fruit, their spirits didn't die. The spirits remained, but their flesh and the desires of their flesh went to that foremost part of their triune makeup. And with the flesh at the top of their triune makeup, they were no longer able to have fellowship with God. They broke communion with God. Prior to that, they had communion with God because the Spirit was uppermost, and they had communion through God the Holy Spirit. But with the flesh being uppermost, they're no longer able to have communion with God. In John 4.24, Jesus explains, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Those who worship God must worship in spirit and truth. And on the other hand, the soul, that which makes us alive, we speak about the soul. We find it in Genesis 2-7, where God used the Hebrew language, the word for soul, translated there as a living being, where it says in God, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. 
The living being there is the Hebrew word for soul. Soul was placed into man. It's the difference between animals and humans. The animals are absent of the soul. Humans have soul. And the thing is, with the spirit and the soul, it's that which goes on throughout eternity. The flesh, this merely plays a temporary role. And I feel it, that this flesh, my body, is also temporary. I feel it in the aches and pains and the... uh, or I just simply have to look at the color of my beard to say that things are changing rapidly. But the flesh itself, this earthly tent, only plays a temporary role in our redemption. Second Corinthians 5.1 tells us, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And so we've been created in this lesser triunity of spirit, soul, and body. And it's by the means of our redemption that we are redeemed. Every aspect of our redemption speaks about not only the saving of our bodies, but our spirit and soul as well. Now, you guys fairly accustomed with my outlines and my final bullet points. Usually it coincides with the point itself, but here today, I merely took quotes from different people, from founding fathers, and even further back than that, just to close out each point, and this comes from George Washington. The time is near at hand, which must determine whether Americans are to be free men or slaves. George Washington, the time is near at hand which must determine whether Americans will be free men or slaves. I think that time is near again. So the freedom of our spirits. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. So in the verse itself, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the verse says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body. I'm going to read in each point the point that we're looking at. So it'll read, may your whole spirit be preserved blameless. And then the next point, may your whole soul, the next point, may your whole body. So I'm going to break it up a little bit, but I'll read it each time. First Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit. He's going to sanctify us. Hagiadzo is the Greek word, and it means to dedicate, to separate, to set apart for God. Spirit is pneuma in the Greek, and it speaks about the spirit of life that resides in man. And the thing is, I really want to, and it's difficult, and I'm, I've studied it this week, and we, myself, and probably you as well, We'll walk away maybe asking, what is the difference between the soul and spirit? There is a difference. The Bible specifies a difference in several different places. We're going to read those verses. We kind of get confused on this issue, but there is a difference between our spirit and our soul. Why? Because the Bible told me so. (laughs) Jesus loves me. This I know, right? 
because the Bible tells me so. So there is a difference. We have a difficulty maybe of understanding the difference, but there's one thing we understand about the Spirit. It is the vehicle within our bodies that we're able to commune with God. Remember that I've already read to us concerning the Spirit in John 4.24, God is Spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. And so the Spirit is the vehicle by which we are able to worship God. 1 Corinthians 2.14 tells us, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So God has, it's not just an intellectual thing, our minds, but the Spirit itself. The natural man, the mind, apart from the Spirit of man, he's unable to understand the things of the Spirit of God because they are spiritually discerned. The Spirit of man must be engaged. Our spirits must be engaged to have a right relationship with God. The salvation that Jesus Christ affords to us is that we might be, listen to this, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, that he himself might sanctify you completely, completely or wholly, the whole spirit, soul, and body. That's the order of the verse. The whole spirit, soul, and body. So the triunity or lesser triunity that the Lord has created us in his image of spirit, soul, and body. Jesus Christ died that our spirits might be set free and that we might be able to commune with him, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4 tells us, But if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. That there is a veil that is placed over the hearts and the eyes and the spirits of those in our country throughout the world, those who do not recognize Jesus Christ. There is this veil that the God of this age, Satan, has placed upon the people. And this veil, sadly, is even coming into the church. And there are those pastors and pulpits today who are no longer teaching the truth of the word of God, but they are teaching a social gospel, whatever the whims of the world or country might be, that's where they follow. And yet we will discover that those whims will always change. They'll never be the same. There is no constant because they have no moral standard. They're Truth to them is relative. It's ever-changing. It's whatever I believe, that's what I believe. What's truth for you is truth for you. What's truth for me is truth for me. No moral standard. God's word becomes that moral standard for us. If we begin to drift away from what the word of God says, then we drift away from that moral standard. We drift away from the truth that sets us free. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So, Father, we thank you for this day you've given us. Lord, if there are any in this congregation, Lord, 
They don't know you as Savior, but they know, Lord, that they need to be set free. They know, Lord, that the whole spirit and soul and body, they need that fellowship that we looked at today. Please, Lord, let them cry out to you, our Savior Jesus and life-saving faith. And Lord, let them talk to either someone here in the church, myself, Pastor Kevin, or others, Lord, that can explain this gift of life to them. I pray for those who are listening through radio, on social media. I pray, Father, that again you would be with them who, Lord, perhaps they just, it's a day of rededication. It's a day of salvation. It's a day for any of us, Lord, who want to draw closer to you. Help us, Lord, to know if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. We pray, Lord, that you'd bless this church. We pray, Lord, for a blessing of the gifts given to this fellowship. We pray, Jesus, that you'd watch over us this day. Thank you for this country, for the freedoms, Lord, we still have to come and to worship you and that we celebrate in this country because, Lord, you have given us these freedoms. Help us not neglect them. And I pray, Father, that your church would rise up in strength. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.